Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Pistol, and I've got JB here to uh, talk us through um, what to do with Nank if you do have him and you're vying for those you know, finals positions, and uh, really just a, a quick podcast to maybe guide us for, through a couple of uh, top trading options um, as we wrap up the season. So JB, the big news, Nank is out. What are we doing with him? Yep, great intro. Thanks for the uh, introduction, and I'm going great, thank you. So... I don't uh, care about that, nor do the, the <laughs> viewers, so come on, let's well, let's get to the hard-hitting questions. Presumably, you don't have cover for Nank because no one has rut cover because they're non-existent. Uh, if you do, I would advise to sub your cover on and save the trade. If you don't, like everyone, then you're forced to trade Nankivis. So uh, it's a very tough position because he's only out for one week. It's just a bit of a rest. We do know that. And we are now using one of our precious trades to to move him on. So, if it was in any other position of a and a, and a premium, would be holding and saving the trade. But unfortunately, Nankovic has literally got the worst timing in the world. So, uh, we do need to move him on, Pistol. And I think the the top two options are very obvious. If you don't have Gorn or Grundy, and you do have the money, which hopefully you do, because the options below that start getting very grim. Uh, then they are the obvious choices. You you definitely get one of those two in, and you call it a day. Okay, so which are the non-obvious choices then that you're looking at? Well, this is where it gets a little bit more difficult. So <laughs> the non-obvious choices, um, I like Tom Bell Chambers, 470k, so he's 14k below Toby Nankovic's price. In the last five weeks, he has not scored below 90. So he's in a very consistent spell, but unfortunately, he's only got one ton amongst all that. So he's scoring pretty much in the 90s every single week. So very consistent. So, I mean, it's it's safe bet at least, but also he doesn't really have the ceiling to go with your Steph Martins and those types of players, which would actually be my next suggestion. So Steph Martin also... Uh, obviously very good this season and cheaper oh sorry slightly more expensive than Nankivis as well he's the third best Ruckman but he's in a little bit of a low patch of the last two weeks being uh, below the score of 85 so I like Bale Chambers as an option pistol yeah see I think my next best option um, after I mean if you can only if you can if you can't afford to upgrade him then yeah go Bell Chambers but if you can afford to upgrade him but you can't afford the the big two um, I think you might want to look at Reese Stanley. I know we've mentioned it before, and it's crazy because oh, it's Reese Stanley, and <laughs> you know, five of his last six scores have been above 100. You've got the Hawks at the MCG this week. Um, obviously, they are relying on Segler, and then you've got um, Fremantle and Gold Coast at the Cattery to finish the season. I think he's just going to score well um, in both of those as well. So I think he's probably the safest next best option to go with and he's only 498k I don't know if you have any Ruck DPP maybe you held on to Tim English but I still think he's the next best option um, available JB I noticed some people in the uh, Twitter sphere mentioning um, perhaps not trading out Nank and instead uh, looking to sideways trade their rookie uh, to someone like Lewis Pierce from St Kilda who's named or maybe even Ivan Soldo what do you think about that? I mean, it's semi-final time, so at the end of the day, if you're going to use one of your trades to go down to a rookie and hold on to Nankivis, who hasn't been setting the world on fire anyway, 
then and also probably giving up 60, 70, 80 points. Um, I don't know not much about the St. Kilda Reichman, but I doubt he's going to keep up with the likes of uh, Bell Chambers and, and Steph Martin and the, obviously the big hitters. So you're obviously giving up points. You're using one of your trades anyway. Nankovis isn't the top Ruckman in the game. I would not be that concerned about holding on to Nankovis, that's for sure. Yeah, no, 100%. Trade him out, JB. Um, so we talked about Gaff on the other podcast on Monday, and none of that has really changed. Our, our opinions stay the same. Um, I mean, excluding the obvious big choices, you uh, did suggest Higgins. I more lean towards the Zorko um, or Merritt side of things. So uh, just very quickly, do you want to uh, run me through, give me your, just your top two um we'll say not obvious forward options uh, to run with for the rest of the season. Top two not obvious forward options. Yeah, we're going to go with less than, uh, I don't know, 20% ownership. I just pulled that figure out of nowhere. Oh, geez. This is this is a question out of absolutely nowhere. So <laughs> I kind of assume Tom Hawkins has less than 20%. If I'm wrong with that, then I'll be very upset. But I still think, even though he didn't have a great week, the week just passed with the 59 points, I think he's a great option on the run home. You spoke about their, their run home uh, when you uh, talked about Reese Stanley. Obviously the same with Tom Hawkins, so I think he can be a very safe pick. And less than 20%, is that what you gave me? I did say that, yep. Yes, I also like the big Luke Bruce, who's in absolutely... Scintillating form. So besides his two poor scores uh, since round 13, he's pretty much scored 115 plus every single week. So uh, I think if Hawthorne have a good game, then he's going to be amongst the goals. And uh, when he gets amongst the goals, he seems to be kicking bags of, of you know, half a dozen. So I think Bruce is a very good pick as well. And in your less than 20%, less than 2%, I think I saw there. So I think he definitely qualifies and a good pick. No, that's that's definitely on the money there. Um, last week I said I liked Chan- Chad Wingard as one of my top options. I still think that's true, but there's a couple more options we probably should consider. We've got uh, Menegola up to a 97.8 average for this season, JB. He's kind of just crept on up and just doing better and better. And he's going to finish the year as one of the top forwards, if not the top forward. We'll see how we go for the rest of the season. But um, he has that Geelong kind draw uh, to end the year. So he's right up there for me as well. Um, David Mundy has turned up in four of his last five games. I know you mentioned him last week, but he still plays Carlton um, and Collingwood at home, and I think he could score particularly well in both of those games. And lastly, it's hard to ignore the form at the moment of Josh Dunkley. He's got a three-round average of 128, and he's just playing in the midfield. I think as the season winds down, they they played Bont a bit more forward and, you know, letting Dunkley really show what he can do in that midfield. And there's no reason why they wouldn't let him run wild against North Melbourne this week and Carlton uh, the week after. And I just see him continuing continuing this excellent run at the moment. So Has Dunkley to, been predominantly forward for the season? His roles varied throughout the season. But do you think he will retain his forward uh, role, uh, his forward positioning in Supercoach? I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. That's a very um, a interesting these... pick for next season if they want to put him in the midfield. So Definitely, but it's hard to judge because obviously Dalhouse um, has been injured, but he's probably going to, you'd think, uh, leave anyway. Um, and they've got a lot of these players like Dunkley, obviously um, Toby McLean and Dalhouse, who I just mentioned, where they, they kind of play uh, forward and midfield like very evenly split. 
Um, Dunkley, though, certainly played forward for majority of the first half of the year and has kind of just moved into the midfield in the last five or so weeks, and his scores have really picked up since then. Um, since around 15, actually, his lowest score of the year has been 80... Lowest score, of the year, lowest score since around 15 has been 86. So uh, he's been consistent. He has four tons in that, in that period, and um, I think that will continue for the rest of the season as well. But it's a bit pricey now at 501k, so might be out of people's budget. And, of course, there's always Reece Stanley as well, JB. So lots mm. of... Uh, Geelong um, players to pick from to uh, end the season. Yeah, and considering Sean Higgins should have forward status, we'll also mention him as a good forward option whenever he gets it. <laughs> he's still, okay, well, <laughs> you just, <laughs> just not getting forward status. I don't know what you're drinking over there, JB, but uh, how about we jump into uh, some captaincy options for the round. Uh, Olango plays in the fourth game this week, so... You might need to be loopholing with um, one of the Melbourne players that you probably have sitting on your bench. Um, if not, we'll probably uh, pick a VC option before Lango plays just in case. But uh, who are your top two VC and top two C options for this round, JB? All right. Now, this is difficult because we're in a very, very uh, sensitive period of the season in which we need to nail every decision we make. And Hawthorne versus Geelong, we've got Tom Mitchell in obviously great form, but Scott Selwood will play in that game. You wonder if they send him straight to him, considering all the talk about Tom Mitchell and the, obviously the month that he's had. And then you've got Dangerfield in the same game, who can also go massive. And uh, by memory, Pistol, you might prove me wrong here, but he does fancy playing the Hawks as well. So that's a very difficult decision, but I think I'll just favour Tom Mitchell in that one, getting the points over Dangerfield as your VC option. Uh, if not, if you don't want to choose Tom Mitchell, my second option is Patrick Dangerfield. Same game. So <laughs> um, <laughs> you tell me top two options. So I think if you're going a VC option, it has to be someone from that game. Obviously, they've got both got huge ceilings and the game should be free-flowing and very back and forth. So uh, as your captaincy options, you can look at either of the Ruckman in Brody Grundy or Max Gorn. But I do really like Patrick Cripps playing in the last game of the round at Optus Stadium. I think he'll go very well in that larger stadium. Hopefully a lot of stoppages in that one as well. So um, Cripps, probably a safe bet to go 120 plus this week as well if your opposition player does not have him. So uh, your opposition player, Pistol, should do that. (laughs) Well, you pretty much gave a a good summary of everything there, JB. Um, I won't touch on many other players. Obviously, you could do a Zorko, um, who likes playing against the Pies. Uh, There's also... Um, you know, McRae that was missed out on. But there is one player who's kind of gone under the radar, and I think he might pick it up even more, and that's actually Elliot Yo. Now, he has a five-week average of 123. He actually has had four of his past five scores over 125. So he's a great VC option. Um, in that period of time, so since around 16, he's gone 142, 94, 128, 128, 125. Um, plays Port Adelaide this week, and without Gaff uh, someone needs to lift someone needs to get them over the line and I think at the moment that player is looking to be Elliot Yo. so um, he's also a very big uh, I guess captaincy POD if you will um, to finish the season but I think uh, my number one option is still going to be Tom Mitchell you, how can you deny that form um, into a safe pick you know like a Grundy or gone um, but yeah Elliot Yo, someone that you may not have considered before and maybe you probably still won't consider him but at least you know about it (laughs) yeah and um i think i'd like to just issue out a a bit of a warning to those 
considering uh, vice-captaining or captaining the inform Josh Kelly. Um, it does turn out, I read something on the Twitter sphere uh, in the last couple of days, he does score incredibly well against the bottom four or five teams. I think his average is up at 130-odd, obviously weighted heavily by his 200 this past round, but does struggle against the mid-tier to top teams. So I think he'll still do well, but I only expect a score of around 100 to 115 this week. So I don't think he'll go massive again like last week. So don't go chasing points. Make sure you look ahead to the players that we've got this week and their matchups. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a credit to Bryce Mitchell there on Twitter. As, yes, that uh, is where I read it. He slipped my mind there, Bryce. <laughs> Um, but uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. Obviously, uh, we'll post the Cancer Council uh, link if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, feel free to donate. And uh, we've, had, we've answered a couple of questions on Twitter. That's the easiest way to contact us. You can find myself at pistol underscore DRSC. You can find JB at JB underscore DRSC. And you can find Chizo somewhere. I'm not quite sure where. Maybe on Twitter at Chizo with a Z underscore D-I-S-E. But we can't even find him because we've had done uh, both of the podcasts this week. So um, maybe he'll return <laughs> for next week. If he uh, finally gets knocked out of that Fortnite competition that he's been playing for like four weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, he's probably one of the best players in the world. So you wouldn't expect him to get knocked out you know, too soon. But um, I think it's, it's definitely time people tweet at us their FPL teams as well. So... Me and you, Pistol, are definitely amongst the FBL sides at the moment. It's uh, it's Tinker City, so a good good idea to tweet us, I think, Pistol. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, community.